The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Owers from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. It is Tuesday, September 24th, and you're listening to another edition of the Boiler Breakdown. (laughs) Tanner Lee here, along with Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler. Boys, how is it going tonight? Going pretty well, Tan. I'm good, Tan. How you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm ready for a Purdue football game. It's, It's only been, you know, a little over a week, but it feels like a long time. Yeah, I got a bad taste in your mouth from the last couple weeks. So that's that's for sure. Yeah, hopefully get healthy and have a better week. That's for sure. We got the uh, Minnesota Golden Golden Gophers and PJ Fleck rowing their boats into town. Uh, interesting program to compare in terms of progression. Purdue, Minnesota, they're pretty close. Um, I mean, you look at PJ Fleck's overall record as a head coach. He's forty-five and thirty-five with a fifteen and thirteen record at Minnesota. Jeff Brahms has an overall record of 44 and 25 with a 14 and 15 record at Purdue. So pretty darn close. And this is one program I kind of like to compare when I'm comparing the progress because of all the rumors, the false rumors that had <laughs> PJ Fleck connected to Purdue a couple of years ago during the coaching search. Yeah, it's definitely one of those I think, definitely <clears throat> measuring stick type type of game where um, you know, both coaches are in their third year at their respective programs. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think PJ Fleck came into Minnesota with a little better of a, a scenario than Brown came into. Oh, Purdue. I definitely think. I mean, remember, <laughs> um, it wasn't they, Jerry Kill; it was the other guy. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I don't remember his name. He yeah, won eight or nine games. Won. They yeah. won nine games in 2016. Yeah. I mean, did 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 Daryl Hazel's teams win nine games and before Brown? Exactly nine. Yeah, they won nine exactly. games. Yeah. There you go. God. Yeah, uh, so definitely a better scenario. And actually, I mean, it's been – I mean, well, we've played two games. We won one. They won one. Their win is a bit more lopsided than our win against them. So it's definitely 41 a, to 10 last year. Yeah. 41 to 10. I missed that one, thankfully. Um, but yeah, and I think that was – Sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Was the Minnesota game, was that when the rumors started flying around a little mm-hmm. – like, Yeah, because Petrino just – fired. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We had five wins. We were looking that we had just beat Ohio yeah. State. We were looking to get that sixth kind of, win. And yeah, yeah, that's 
Yeah. <laughs> the weather was terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we just played like trash. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. It it's awful. definitely a gay game. I'm looking for looking forward to, but not looking forward to the same time because of if, if it goes a certain way, it'll definitely be discouraging because of. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard Brahms definitely the better yeah. coach, um, better person, better everything, but <laughs> it is what it is. And, They've, I mean, they're a good foot. I mean, they've three and oh, yeah, it's not against great opponents and they escaped by this, but they've won. They've, and that's all that matters. Um, so it'll be, they'll be ready. And they had a bye week too. So it's going to be a, a really interesting game, I think. And they got, they have got healthy over their bye week. Uh, yeah. They were down to their fifth, yeah, fifth string running back in the second half during the Georgia Southern mm-hmm. game. Do we have now, five running backs? Maybe if you count Anthrop now, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But they got all their guys back now. They got um, Rodney Smith. He's their starter. He's on pace to be like number three in career yardage all time in Minnesota. And that's didn't he run all over crazy. two years ago? Yeah, Shannon, Shannon Brooks did. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. He has two hundred ninety-two combined yard, yards in two games at Ross Aid. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, and he, he he's he's back. Um, and then they have a uh, Muhammad. Uh, Abraham, Abraham, he had a thousand yards last year as a freshman, including mm-hmm. 155 yards against us. So all three of those guys are back healthy <laughs> and ready to go this week against Purdue. Well, it's a good thing we're great against the run. I wish we had <laughs> Lorenzo Neal back. Hey, you know, maybe he'll surprise us and he'll be out there. But, maybe it sounds yeah. like a target date's next week down at Happy Valley at Penn yeah. State, but we'll see. I haven't heard much about him in the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's just playing a little, little gamesmanship, keeping it under wraps. That'd be nice. I know. You can, you can, I you can hope. I don't think we can get that lucky. Yeah, no. But a little tail of the tape here between these two schools, <clears throat> and then I'm going to do a little blast from the past on the history of this series. Uh, coming in this game, like Evan said, Minnesota's 3-0. Purdue's 1-2. Minnesota is averaging 33.7 points per game. Purdue's at 28.7 points per game. That was taken down quite a bit with the 13-point performance against TCU. Uh, Minnesota's only averaging 233 passing yards per game. Purdue's averaging 371. Yeah, but rushing yards, Minnesota's averaging 123.7, but that was with a lot of banged-up running backs. Purdue's averaging a whopping 50. I was going to say like 12. <laughs> Feels like. Like. I'm, I'm shocked it's 50. Yeah, my guess is going to be like 32. And I think a lot of that came against Nevada. <clears throat> is Sindelar a leading rusher? <laughs> he might be. <laughs> Let's not talk about Sindelar rushing ever again. Because I, I still God. think that's how he got hurt uh, yeah. against Vanderbilt. So. Yeah. But this is an interesting series. Uh, we mentioned last year was the 41-10 to 10 win uh, for Minnesota two years ago. Two years ago. Purdue won uh, and kept off the game with a Juwan Bentley pick six after like a two and a half hour rain delay. Uh, the game ended uh, under the lights, and I yeah. think it was I think it was an out. Was it a noon start or was no, that a three thirty start? It was a three thirty start, yeah. Just like this one's gonna be, which yeah. I like three thirty games a lot yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota holds the all time series lead with thirty eight wins. Purdue has thirty three, and there's been three ties. Longest win streak for Minnesota has been four. That was from 2012 through 2016. Longest win streak for Purdue has been seven. That was from 1996 through 02. Castillo really owned Minnesota, at least early in his career. 
Um, the first game played between these two schools was on October 27th, 1894. Hmm. And uh, probably the most famous Minnesota performance for Purdue, or at least arguably, was on October 3rd, 1998. Purdue had 604 total passing yards. <laughs> and uh, let's see here. Um, Drew Brees was making his fifth career start. He had 522 of those passing yards in six touchdowns. And Purdue's overall offense had 692 yards total, which is second most in school history. What's the most? It might have been last year against <laughs> Missouri, maybe, because Blau uh, threw for 572 yeah, yards. Yeah, um, if not that game, maybe Indiana – Either uh, Orton senior year, maybe. What about Curtis Painter and or like his, yeah, uh, I mean, Detroit Bowl? Yeah, Central Michigan. Central Michigan. He put up a lot of passing yards that game. So, um, yeah, I thought the, that was interesting. I know I remember back in 2001, it was one of my earliest member, memories of a Purdue Minnesota game. Uh, They're playing up there at the old uh, Metrodome, and Brendan Hance led Purdue on like a they're at the like yard line with like 30 seconds left, and he somehow got them in field goal range. And Travis Dorch hit a long field goal to force overtime. And then uh, I remember Purdue scored first, and then Stuart Swagger picked one off in the end zone. To, I mean, it was a miraculous comeback, um, miracle in the Metrodome, I think it was called. So, uh, <laughs> so they, they've had some interesting games throughout the throughout the history. Um, Wouldn't mind it turned a little bit more positive here this year. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, for Purdue. Um, here's a here's another interesting note that involves Minnesota. I was I, I went and did this research myself, and I was really surprised. Purdue has not fared well lately in Big Ten openers or Big Ten openers at Rossade. In fact, their last Big Ten opening win or and their last Big Ten home opening opening win came on the same date back in 2011. Huh. Against against Minnesota in a forty-five to seventeen win, they have not won a Big Ten opener at Ross State or on the road since two thousand eleven. That was I was like, wow. Yeah. That was the day that Robbie Hummel tore ACL for the second time. No, no, no you showed up, Kevin. No, no, you no, showed no, up. No, 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 it wasn't. It was the year before that. Sorry, or it was the year Purdue, after that. Purdue won that game in two thousand ten, oh, yeah. wearing yeah. the Rose Bowl throwbacks because yeah. that team actually started off two and zero in the Big Ten, yeah. and that was so their I was, last. I was visiting Purdue as uh, my senior in high school, and I sat with Tanner in the student section, and we found out that Robbie tore <laughs> ACL, and no one cared about the football game after that. Nope, <laughs> nope. And Kerrigan went real. off that game, and yeah. didn't matter. <laughs> you want to talk about the Kyle Orton fumble next day? Yeah, yeah. My God, uh, let's just talk about the freaking elite eight while we're at it. Too. Yeah. Good God. You're gonna make no. Tanner cry? Come on. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm still not over it. Um, <laughs> I was looking up, trying to find the single, single most uh, yards in the game, but I'm not finding team yards. I'm just finding individual yards. I, I think it's one of the games we mentioned, either yeah. one of those two Indiana games or the Central Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was even going back in my head. Well, last year we lost to Northwestern first game of the year. Yep. That was an excellent <clears throat> opener. year before that we lost to Michigan. Uh, yeah, that was that was homecoming too. One that was homecoming, yeah. Because we had that was right after Tiller died and Breeze yep. and every, like the whole '97 uh, team were there. '97. That was the Minnesota game. It was. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, because they put the Joe Tiller helmet stickers That's on there. That's right. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then of course Hazel never. He barely won any Big Ten games. He won 
two against Illinois and one against Nebraska, and he never mm. won an opener. And then uh, Hope in 2012, Shoelace Robinson killed us at home. Because uh, I remember the day before, Kurt Herbstreit picked us to win the West and the whole Big Ten and go to the Rose Bowl. Because <laughs> we started off hot that year. We lost. We yeah. barely lost up another name, and then we killed every other non-conference team we played. And we're, you know, and that was the year Ohio State and Penn State. Neither one of them could make oh, the right. championship yeah. because of uh, sanctions. So it was like us or Penn State, and or us or uh, Wisconsin, and Wisconsin yeah. went. So mm-hmm. we crapped all over ourselves that year. So, yep, good times. Blast for the past there. Good times. So. <laughs> On a more positive note, I thought this was interesting. I got this off PurdueSports.com. Um, Rondo Moore is already sitting pretty in some career categories at Purdue. He's uh, He has 141 receptions already, which is 16th all-time on the Purdue list. That's tied with D'Angelo Yancey and only one, wow. behind, and one behind Dustin Keller. Huh. Wow. That was interesting. And he's got 14 career touchdowns, which is already 15th on the list. And he's got nine 100-yard games already. Jeez. So pretty, pretty good. Rondell's pretty good. And I think we can see a bounce back performance from him this week because he was really shut down against TCU. I think Minnesota will try to run a similar game plan against him to try to shut him down. But uh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they do have two pretty good cornerbacks, Antonio Winfield and DeAndre Thomas. And then they have a good defensive tackle, Sam Renner. Those are about the only three defensive players worth noting. Um, for from Minnesota, most of their powers on offense, so mm-hmm. um, we'll see. But uh, uh, look at look at that Minnesota's uh, offense. They're led by a quarterback, Tanner Morgan. Great first name. Um, <laughs> he he was actually in a quarterback competition with the other guy. I I forget the other guy's name off the top of my head. And 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 broke his foot. So mm-hmm. Tanner Morgan's their quarterback. He's more of a game manager. He won't usually make, you know, an aggressive decision. Um, but like I said, they, they have two really good uh, wide receivers, Rashad Bateman and uh, Tyler Johnson. They might be the best one-two receiver punch in the Big Ten, possibly. Um, Tyler Johnson's got comparisons to Rondell Moore last year. Hmm. So uh, they're both speedy. <clears throat> our, our cornerbacks and safeties are going to be have to be on their game there. <clears throat> and then, like I said, I already talked about their running backs, Rodney Smith, uh, Shannon Brooks, and Muhammad Abraham, um, three-headed monster. They're all their power backs, their big backs. Purdue has historically struggled against those type of backs. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all a little banged up, though. I know they're getting healthy, but they're true. still healing, so they may not be 100% yet. I know um, Brooks hasn't played this season, has he? Shannon Brown. No, this is the first game he's played against since the Indiana game last year, late in the year. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite a while. So he may have a little rust to come off. So True. maybe that bodes well for Purdue's defensive line. I know sounds like Brown and the coaches have really harped on being way more physical and kind of trying to dominate the line of scrimmage on both mm-hmm. sides. Um, kind of seems like that should have been the plan from the beginning. <laughs> I, from everything I've read, that's kind of what the game is going to come down to this week. Probably is the battle in the trenches. And Minnesota's uh, one of their uh, analysts said their weakness of their line is definitely the right side. So mm-hmm. Big George could have a big game. Yeah, it'd be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, he's already having a stellar freshman year. Um, is this we're going to see a big – think we're going to see two or three sacks from George to this this weekend? I hope so. I'd like to see more than one turnover too. I'd like to yeah, see uh-huh. a multi-turnover game. Um, once, <laughs> once that I wrote down that I forgot to mention about all, th- all three of those running backs, I've already talked them up pretty highly, but all three have combined for about a little over 6,500 rushing yards in their career. Hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. So uh, hopefully Purdue can tackle – better than they did at against TCU. Yes. Hopefully they practice that in the bye week. And but uh but we do have some uh injury notes to speak of on Purdue of what's been released so far. I'm I'm sure maybe there's been more released while we're talking now, I don't know. Or or at least there'll probably be more released tomorrow on the Jeff Brom radio show. But it did sound like Elijah Sindler was suited up in practice today. Which is good. I was actually I've been running a poll on the Boiler Breakdown Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts, asking go as follow. of right now, what's that? Just go follow us. Yeah, please go follow us uh, or <laughs> give us a like. Um, and and the question was, as of right now, who do you think will be starting for Purdue Saturday? And uh, most people were saying Sindelar, but on Facebook, last time I checked, it was twenty five votes, fifteen Sindelar, ten Jack Plummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a little closer than I thought. Um, I will admit, until I read that he suited up today, which makes me feel good, I was a little yeah. nervous after Brahm's comments yeah. yesterday about him being in concussion protocol. And, and you know, it was interesting against TCU. I was trying to look for him on the sidelines. I never could spot him. Well, it sounded like he was in the football complex watching the game. And it makes sense. If he had a concussion, he probably had to wanted to avoid bright lights, loud noises. I mean, it's a head injury, so you want to – Avoid as much stimuli as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try to get him to, I guess, rest, recover. Yeah. Get him back. I mean, this will be three weeks, three weeks off, right, coming in because he had the week bef- week prep for TCU, the bye week, and now this week coming up. So, I mean, he'll yeah. have a week since he last played this Saturday. So, I know it's 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 always got to pass the test, but um, – yeah. The way that it sounds, I would be I'd be surprised if he's not out there. The way it sounded like he was progressing, that where there was a chance he was going to play at TCU. Obviously, that didn't happen. So now we've got two more weeks on top of that week there, and I think I think that uh, I think we'll see him out there. And, and as far mm-hmm. as I've read, he was ready to go TCU. I mean, he practiced Wednesday, and then he mm-hmm. had a setback Thursday, and that was kind of it. And then Plummer found out Friday he was starting, and. Uh, yeah, head injuries are nothing to no. nothing to uh, take lightly. Yeah, take lightly, especially with everything we know now. But man, you got to feel for Sindelar. Guy yeah. can't just can't catch a break. And hopefully, this is the last time we're talking mm-hmm. about will he play or won't he play? Because yeah. it's okay. only been two podcasts now, and I'm already tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other injuries, uh, Matt McCann sounds like he's going to be back. We really need Good. him. I, Very I bad. Um, or at least that's the same speculation. I mean, I guess Brom, I'm still waiting to, s- to see him, but media speculating he'll play. Uh, Sparks and Bell are trying to come back. Um, maybe a little more optimistic on Bell than Sparks at this point. Um, but and then a really interesting comment this afternoon made by a coach, running back coach Chris Barclay on the health status of both Richie Worship, who we haven't seen since 2017 at Northwestern, and Tario Fuller. Uh, somebody asked him about Fuller, and he said he thinks we'll see Worship back before we see Fuller, and we could see Richie pretty soon. That would be yeah. great. I, would, I mean, you got to feel for 
You got to feel for him. I mean, he's been recovering for years, it seems like. Um, I mean, it's a long – I mean, like, it's, that's a long time for rehab and recover and then kind of go back and do it again. Um, I know there hasn't been a whole lot that's come out. I don't know if it's setbacks, if the knee's just not re- not – healing like they thought i don't know what what it is but i'd be great to see him out there he's a big back too and that's a lot of weight on that leg and Mm -hmm. compared to a smaller guy but it'd be great um yeah i mean it also it makes me also wonder about fuller what's going on with i mean obviously it's a broken jaw you don't want to rush that back too soon um being it is football (laughs) but Mm -hmm. yeah you wonder i hope you can see him back again that would that would suck for a, a senior to miss his entire senior season because something happened in a practice. Yeah, and you got to think with him, it's an interesting scenario because he's a fifth-year senior. Uh, he could play up to four games and still try to get a sixth year. But I don't know. Is that still applied to sixth year too? I, don't know. I think maybe maybe it's not, but I could be wrong about that now that I say that, but I thought it was. <laughs> I don't know. I need to probably look into that more. Before I go on record, didn't, saying that because last year with Sindelar, didn't they not? I mean, they they purposely kept him out of some games because they were trying to get his sixth year. But I don't remember what game it was specifically. I remember they talked about it at one point. Yeah, mentioned a certain specific game. I remember yelling out loud at the Music City Bowl that not to put him in because I didn't want to waste his <laughs> chance of getting a sixth year. So, yeah. um, do they consider? Like overall, like like Fuller, he he had a knee injury a couple years ago, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, so I mean, I just looked it up. I mean, I know sophomore year he played three games. Last year he played six games. So I mean, this year, I mean, he's playing half. He's played half the time basically. He's been healthy half the time. Even mm-hmm. ends up playing five or six games this year. I don't I don't know how that works 100 percent with the 60 year ability. If it's uh, yeah, you missed all of last year and you've already. Read or if it's like, yeah, you have never really been healthy. I'll never trust the sixth year with NCA nope. after what they did. Smith. Smith. Yep, they totally that. screwed that kid over. Yeah, I mean, he he got he he tore all his ligaments in his knees second game of the year in 2010. Had never been injured really before that, mm-hmm. and then they didn't let him come back. And honestly, cost him a shot to NFL. He he, yeah. he had a shot to make the NFL. He was a really good wide receiver for Purdue. Yeah. I liked him a lot. And killed that team. And they and that, and I'm kind of glad we brought that up because this team is kind of starting to remind me of that 2010 Purdue team that had a lot of talent, but just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. So if you remember back in 2010, Ralph Bolton was coming off a really good 2009 season, tore his ACL in the spring. And you had Keith Smith. Then Robert Marv retore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Then Justin Siller broke his foot. Then Rob Henry got hurt during the year. And I think a few other guys I'm, I'm forgetting. I mean, it was just like every big player they had was hurt. Mm-hmm. And the team went four and eight and still darn – had really had a chance to go six and six with, yeah. at, at the end of the year. And ho- hopefully this team's different. Hopefully their uh, season uh, finishes differently than that. But it's just interesting to see because, I mean, and, and Robert Marv got granted a sixth year in the NCAA. Yeah. So I just never know. I, I don't like taking our chance. And I was really surprised Sindelar actually got one this early. Me too. Um, so hopefully Tario gets back pretty quick because um, mm-hmm. we just need it. We need anybody we can have. I mean, we're, we've already been baited up by the injury bug way too much, especially our seniors and our veterans. This team is so young out there right now. Well, yeah, I think I heard something where they were talking about. Uh, I think it was Golden Black podcast where they were some. They out of all the snaps, it was a 
very, very, very high percentage. I, I want to say it was more than half. I could be wrong. Um, go back to the Golden Black podcast from Monday. Um, where they saying over half of them were taken by freshmen or like underclassmen. I think mm-hmm. what it was, it was something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, when you have what we came from, you know, you want you want to have that turnover because you want to get better guys in there. But with with that comes an experience and the just the day to day or week to week lumps of being young. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, cross our fingers that most of our guys make it back this week. I mean, unfortunately, college football, you're rarely going to be a hundred percent during the year. You got to learn how to play yes, when you're 60%, 70%, 80%. And that's part of even your hundred percent. Yeah. So your hundred percent in week eight is different. What your hundred percent was week one. Now your mm-hmm. week, your week eight hundred percent might be your week one seventy five percent, just because of the toll it takes on your body. Yeah, and that's what you just got to. I mean, it's year three of a rebuild, pretty much. I mean, starting from ground up, you got to build the depth. I mean, it's a long season. That's what we talked about last year. Depth was was killer, just because. I mean, and then this year had a little bit more there. I mean, but they're still the depth that they built. It's freshmen, redshirt freshmen, true freshmen playing a lot of snaps. Not the same as if you've got redshirt juniors on here that are backing up that have some experience and come in or more physically developed, more experience overall. I mean, that's where I think that's where I think this program's going. I think in year four, year five is where you're going to see kind of the bigger leap. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think next year we can start expecting a bigger leap. Um, 2020 then 2021 year four or five. Yeah. I think you're, I think you hit that nail on the head right there. Um, well, I, I sure hope number two's back. Uh, he definitely gives Purdue the best chance to win. Um, you know, I'm, I've kind of convinced that, you know, hopefully Jackson Anthrop makes a difference in the run game. I'm not quite sure. I'm starting to think maybe he was added back there more for a receiving threat out of the backfield than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if Purdue ever will have a very strong run game this year, and they're going to have to just throw it all over the place. And with throwing that many times comes – high chance of turning it over too, but we're going to have to live with that a little bit. I think you get Anthrop back there. Like you said, he's a better receiver. I mean, it's not necessarily just because it's not a a handoff or a pitch more so. I mean, if it's a swing pass, you get Rondell or Jackson in motion and it's an easy, quick swing Mm -hmm. pump off. I mean, it could be just as good as a handoff or it's essentially a handoff, but it's not. You're getting them in space, letting everybody a little more movement rather than just trying to run it right up the gut when, our offensive line's not the absolute strength. Can we at least stop the swing pass and screen passes to Horvath? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like the kid. Don't get me wrong. It's just not a good play for him. No. <laughs> he doesn't have that that burst. But I think that's where something like Anthrop could really help is having that swing pass and getting the guys out there to block and having someone with a little bit of burst to him. Do you guys think we'll see more guys added to the rotation, or do you think through the first three games they've kind of already figured out who they can go with and who not to. Cause that's where this four game rule, uh, the wrinkle yeah. comes in. Yeah. Just, go ahead. Are you talking about running like for the, and like running backs getting any, anybody. anybody. I don't know. I kind of think just get the athletes out there. So I could see like Mershon Rice, TJ Sheffield, the freshman wide receivers that are just good athletes. Just kind of get them out there. Just kind of get them in space like that. Like you said, with Anthrop, if it's a swing pass or something, just try it. See what happens if they can make a couple, maybe a couple, a uh, couple miss. Well, there was an interview 
that Brom did, I think it was last week going into the, the bye week where they asked him about uh, red shirts and like plans. And, and it's, his answer was interesting. I have, to, I have to go back and re-listen to it, but it sounded like he said that you know, there were some guys who basically saying that they wanted the red shirt, but he was making mm-hmm. the comment that they want guys who want to play and compete. And I was like, Ooh, okay. That's an interesting comment. Cause it sounded like, you know, some people like if they don't, they don't want to play and compete, they can go elsewhere. I was like, okay, who are we talking about now? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but I'm kind of, I kind of, what you're saying, Dan, I feel like through three games, they probably know. I think we, I mean, we could even just see just wholesale switches in some areas. And if they see, just don't like what they see in some areas, we could see more people getting in there. But I, th- I feel like they probably have a good idea as of now in terms of the rotation and who they're confident with. But, you know, who knows? I'll tell you one thing that excites me with the offensive guru that is Jeff Brom is we've had a whole week off. You got to think he's in his, uh, his lab, his laboratory, his, his mad, his mad offensive scientist laboratory, and he's coming up with some new schemes and some new plays and different areas that maybe we haven't seen yet mm-hmm. this year. Um, <coughs> and Andrew, like you mentioned before we started recording, uh, former special teams coach uh, Tony Levine was supposed to practice today. That could tell me maybe maybe there's going to be a few special teams uh, wrinkles and trickery upcoming this weekend too. I think that'd be uh, that'd be interesting, especially when you got a true freshman punter back there. I don't know if you're going to see him taking off or throwing any passes like we've seen in years past with when Levine was the assistant coach. I just or the special teams coach. I just think that means uh, Rondell Moore is going to break one for a touchdown. I think that's all it means. So Levine's going to come in and like, duh, this is why your block has been terrible on punt and kick returns. Oh, there it is. I do like the fact that Jeff Brom said he's really happy with how physical the practices practices have been within the last mm-hmm. week. I like hearing that because I that's one thing I think we we've kind of already mentioned. Purdue needs to get more aggressive. Um, and then Rondell Moore today in a short little interview said they asked him what he's been working on. He just said watching a bunch of film and uh, correcting just little things here and there. So I'm not worried about him. You know he's in there studying no. and uh, mm-hmm. and and trying to perfect. Yeah, and it's going to be. I mean, there may. I mean, he had such a great season last year, and really, this last game in CC was really the first time that we saw him have a bad game in terms of for one, he wasn't getting the targets because they were playing so well on him, but also he had a couple drops. And I feel like you know he's going to get that attention so much, but I think he's going to figure out a way. They're going to figure out ways to get him open, and it's up to other guys too to step up and show why they need to pay attention to them, not just number four. Yeah, I, I think it. Uh, I think it's gonna, this game's going to come down to Purdue's defense being able to stop Minnesota's run because mm-hmm. they're an inside zone run team and they run a lot of run pass option. Mm-hmm. And Purdue has struggled so bad against that in the past. So yeah, um, you know if Sindelar plays, I'm not worried about the run game because we're going to throw it all over the place. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to come down to Purdue's ability to stop Minnesota's ground game, and that's going to be the key. Yeah, I agree. And kind of you mentioned it with Brom on the offensive side. I mean, kind of going to the other side, Nick Holt, he's had two weeks to prepare. I mean, he knows what Minnesota wants to do with their three big, strong, experienced backs. Um, I mean, it kind of gives them a chance to kind of game plan for that as well. I mean, same with Minnesota, obviously, having the chance to know what, okay, what's Rondale and Sindel are going to do. But uh, – I think I like our chances of Sindelar's back there definitely just because, and like you said, with the more time off to prep, but I think, uh, I think Holt's going to have him ready to go. 
back on the sidelines with the get back coach on him. Fired up. One interesting thing from the TCU game, I think my dad told me this. I don't know where he heard this or where he had seen that. And I actually went back and watched some highlights and I kind of saw what he was talking about. That Gary Patterson had such a good strategy against Purdue that he realized he picked out Victor Beach as Purdue's weak point on the offensive line. He was doing different shifts, different schemes, different things to kind of spread other guys out and then let his future defense, future NFL defensive tackle go one-on-one against Beach. <laughs> and he got the best of Beach five or six times that really impacted the play. Um, I thought that was pretty brilliant. It was something yeah. I wouldn't have picked up on just watching from the stands, but – I'm going to watch Victor Beach pretty close on Saturday yeah. um, just to see. So um, hopefully, hopefully we see a better line performance than we did against TCU. Mm-hmm. And then TCU goes and loses to SMU. And <laughs> Yeah, Purdue's opponents have not fared well yeah. after they beat Purdue. No. Yeah. Except Nevada is 3-1 and one now. Eh, well, so there we go. They're halfway but, to a bowl. I think part of it, too, is – I mean, it's going to get to the point where – the offensive line is what it is, what it is, sort of thing, and just it's just gonna have to be. You just something you just gotta deal with, and yeah, yeah. it's not gonna get any easier. Going no, <laughs> defensive lines aren't gonna get any smaller. Or After slower. I watched that Wisconsin Michigan game, I'm just terrified for that game. <laughs> we got a long time before that game, at least. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor might run for like oh, 700. Dead. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought I thought yeah, you scared for the Wisconsin defensive line. I was like, yeah, I'm scared for that, but yeah, they got a high. I'm scared of both. I mean, Dude. they're just massive people. Their uh-huh. whole team is good right now. They're arguably the best defense in the country right now. Yeah. Uh, just didn't give up a point until the what garbage time, ten, ten quarters, yeah, garbage right? time against yeah. Michigan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good. It's gonna be yeah. an interesting matchup when they travel to the Horseshoe next month. Hey, that's Ohio a future. State. That's a future Purdue problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. I sure hope so. <laughs> so, uh, you guys want to pick some games? Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's start with the Big Ten here. Uh, we got a Friday night matchup this week. Number twelve, Penn State, who Purdue plays next week. They're undefeated. They travel to two and one Maryland. Penn State's a seven point favorite. This would be a good test. Uh, who Maryland lose to? Temple. Temple. Oh, that's right. And then Temple got. Beat by somebody not very good. Yeah, so we'll uh, football for you. we'll definitely see how uh, how real if Maryland is for real at all. But this will be a good game. But I think Penn State covers that easily. Yeah, um, I think it'll be. I think Penn State wins by uh, ten or two touchdowns, more in that range. I think they'll cover. But yeah, I think it, I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, these two teams don't like each other. Um, yeah. They've kind of tried to make this a rivalry since Maryland joined the Big Ten, but it really hasn't come to fruition just yet, but they still don't really like each other. Uh, but I, I think Penn State wins. I think Penn State's good, but I'm not sure they're good enough to be ranked 12th. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, they haven't really – I mean, let's see they beat. Idaho, Buffalo, and Pitt. Mm-hmm. And they beat Pitt 17-10. I don't know that much about Pitt. Uh, Pitt just beat UCF last yeah. week. Mm-hmm. So – uh, but Penn State's very athletic. They're young, but they're a very athletic, fast team. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking forward to Purdue's matchup down there <laughs> next Saturday, but we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> uh, here's a game that doesn't have, for whatever reason, is not showing up as a line on my phone, but Buckers, a.k.a. Rutgers, <laughs> at a uh, pissed-off number 20 Michigan team. Shouldn't be ranked Michigan team is what it, it shouldn't, shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah, Michigan will win like twenty-one to three or something. Yeah. If Rutgers pulls the upset, does do they just hand Jim his pink slip right after the game? Yeah. And just get out of here. Uh, I'd love to watch Ann Arbor burn to the ground. You know, I mean, you mean they, they wouldn't give him a chance to lose Ohio State again. <laughs> uh, uh, if it was, if this was at Rutgers, maybe Rutgers hangs in there for a little bit. But at the big house, Michigan no. wins easily. Rutgers didn't look good against Boston College. There's actually a rumor floating around that. Rutgers might behind the scenes be already looking for a replacement for Chris Ash. And one of the mm. names brought up is Butch Jones. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. He's uh, like a quality assistant for Alabama right now. <laughs> yeah. Good old Butch. Remember when Purdue wanted him real bad over Hazel? Oh man. Doubt better. Yeah. And then he really gave uh, Colorado the shaft. Colorado thought he was coming. They had planned for it, and then he backed out and went to Tennessee, mm-hmm. and that ended so well for him. So, <laughs> but I think Michigan wins easily. But I, I'm not sold on Shea Patterson. I think he's so. Uh, is he going to play? I think he. I saw. I know he's hurt, and McCaffrey's banged up as well, too. Right? Yeah, McCaffrey's more of a runner, too. He's not. Yeah. Too much a thrower. Um, Which one about got their head taken off? And McCaffrey game? was that McCaffrey? <laughs> okay. Uh, that was bad. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, uh, Iowa plays a non-conference game at home against Middle Tennessee. I was ranked 14th, and they're 24-point favorites. I was 14th. Three and zero. They beat Iowa State by a point, and then they beat they shut out Rutgers, and they also beat uh, Miami Ohio. So, hey, they only beat Miami Ohio by 24. Yeah, they beat them by 71. <laughs> Ohio State. I told you they were going to leave at halftime. <laughs> I, I told you they probably just left at halftime. Ohio State just played catch. I think Iowa, Iowa wins, and, and I'll say they're covered a 24-point spread. I don't yeah. know anything about Middle yeah. Tennessee this year. See, they lost They lost to Michigan 40-21. Uh, they beat Tennessee State, and they lost to Duke 41-18. Yeah, yeah, Iowa covers. Yeah. Yeah, Iowa big. Uh, number eight, Wisconsin. Yep, they're up to number eight now. Uh, they are 24-point favorites at home against Northwestern, who should be a lot better than they are. Yeah. Hunter Johnson has not lived up to the hype. No, but isn't Northwestern, they've always kind of, or recently, kind of start slow and then finish strong? Well, if they lose this one, they're already two conference losses and three losses yeah. overall. Because yeah. they lost week one to Stanford, and that's Stanford's only win this year. Wow. Talk about program that's really struggling. Yeah. What's yeah, the spread again? 24. Whew. I don't think – I think Wisconsin – I don't know if they cover. I think they'll win. I think they'll – if they mm. – I think they cover. I'm going with it. Wisconsin. I think, I think they get close. Like 21, 17, 21. I mean, point win. I mean you, you got Jonathan Taylor – I mean, I don't. Jack Cohn is completing seventy-eight percent of his. <laughs> That's been the difference, to, I think. They don't have to throw yeah. it, but I mean, yeah, he's very capable. Quarterback production for once. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, with a beast running back and an incredible defense. I mean, yeah, I, incredible I, offensive I, line. I am surprised that Wisconsin's only number eight, honestly. After, but I mean, I guess that shows. I mean, yeah, Michigan was very overrated. But the fact that they beat Michigan, just handled Michigan when they were number 13, they move up five spots. Number 11, 11 or 10 on Michigan last week. Yeah. I like Wisconsin to win by, I'm going to say by like 21. So Northwestern covers. 
Um, what what did Fitzgerald say? Hashtag I don't care. Oh yeah, there's forty thousand people on Twitter who want to play call plays. That was great. <laughs> I, I they can email me a hashtag I don't okay. care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's really starting to get that be that get off my lawn type guy, and it's really starting to just aggravate me. I really like that. Oh, a lot, I love it. I, I mean, love it. I don't know. Yeah, he's a guy you like or don't like. You yeah. know, he's, he's, I like him. You know? he'd so. be one. Like, how how long has he been at Northwestern? Oh, this is like his fifteenth or sixteenth. Yeah, year. It's, I remember he was hired, and it was uh-huh. it wasn't that long ago. But it was. Yeah, I, I think he's a yeah. lifer there because he's had chances mm-hmm. to go to bigger programs. Oh yeah, it's yeah, alma mater. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not going anywhere mm-hmm. unless it's like the NFL, which is not going to happen anytime soon. I, I don't see his. Yeah, you got to be a pretty good play caller or genius on one side of the ball yeah. or the other. It, but got three and one Indiana coming off a 38 3 win over those tough Yukon Huskies. <laughs> At 25, Michigan State, who th- thumped uh, Northwestern last week. Mm-hmm. Michigan State's a 14 and a half point favorite. This is a rivalry game. I forget what rivalry trophy they play for, though. It is? Yeah. Huh. Learn something new every day. I'm going to look it up actually right now, see what they play for, because I think it's something kind of funny. <laughs> does Michigan State just own it? Like, does it just take residency in East Lansing? Because I feel like Indiana has IU ever had it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, good question. <laughs> um, what was the spread? 14. 14. Wow. That's a lot. Mm, that's a lot for Michigan State team that doesn't score very much. They scored the old, 31. The old brass spittoon. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> you know what a spittoon is, Tanner? Yes, I know what a spittoon is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Can you spell platoon? Splatoon? Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find uh, the last time Indiana won in this series. Oh, they actually won in overtime in 2016. Oh. But before that, it goes back to 2006. Wow. So <laughs> That all-time series is Michigan State leads 47-16-2. to 16 to two. <laughs> Wow. That's a rivalry game. Rivalry series. <laughs> um... I think Michigan State wins. I don't. I think it's gonna be a close game. Like, it, it, it depends. Score. It depends on who's playing QB for Indiana because if Penix plays, I have no idea what's wrong with him, but I think he definitely gives them a better chance. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think I think Michigan State wins, but they don't cover. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. This will be close, and I think. I think fourth quarter Michigan State holds on. I think it'll be yeah seven. The real question is: Do wear those god awful uniforms that they announced this year? Those they wore them once. I know, but do they wear them again? Might as well get your money's worth. <laughs> Nobody's gonna buy them from the apparel shop. <laughs> <laughs> then you got the college game day game of the weekend. <sighs> I, I don't understand this. Figure there this must out. Be, is there no other good game? There's like one or two other ones they could have picked, but number five Ohio State. Travels to Nebraska, who's three and one, barely escaped at Illinois last week. Ohio State's an eighteen point favorite, and they this blow is your their game freaking game. doors off. That's what I'm saying. Ohio Damn. State by thirty. Yes. Yeah, agreed. They blow the doors off in Nebraska. I think Ohio State is really, really good. I, and I think mm-hmm. Nebraska is really, really overrated this year. I think they got a good offense, but their defense is garbage. Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Then, of course, the other Big Ten game we haven't covered yet. Well, we've covered it a lot, but we haven't picked it. uh, Minnesota at Purdue. Minnesota's a one-point favorite. That's fair. I honestly thought it would be a little bit more. 
if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, after that, like after that after that TCU game, I expected it to be like six. I was expecting like three point minimum. Oh, I was like six. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> You're not gonna win a game. <laughs> I was it was a it was a rough two weeks. Was that the game you said the only reason you were watching it was for the podcast? I did. In the second half, <laughs> like midway through the third quarter, I like I think I turned and then I'm like, nope. I need to be able to talk about something in a couple days. <laughs> we, we like your loyalty, honestly. Yeah, we appreciate it. I did, I wanted to just put my hands over my face. Yeah. The game, not even <laughs> one game I was. Yeah, I mean, I always wish I met Ross on Saturday, but that was one I'm like, ah, oh, couldn't go. So that's not. Yeah, that. But could be worse. Kudos to the crowd once again. The crowd was awesome. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they show up Saturday for the three thirty game. Um, Military Appreciation Day. Really cool shirts and hats they got. On, on special this weekend at the Purdue store. I, I really like the hat. I might have to give myself I, that. I haven't seen this. Got a really yeah. cool hat. It's pretty cool looking. Um, not to look yeah. that up. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty neat looking. So, so I don't know if they incorporate that somehow in the uniforms. They've done that in the past. Um, what did we do last year for that? Did we do anything special last I don't year? Think for... they did do anything special. This wasn't the one that they had the American flag and the P last that year. That was years ago. That was uh, a couple the, years ago. I think that was during the Hazel year where we had like all different uniforms and we just sucked in all of them. Yeah. We had the, we had the white helmets. <laughs> <laughs> had the white helmets is when we brought the black helmets up for the first time. Brought up the gray unis for the first time. Uh-huh. When would they do the uh, the P that had everybody's picture in it? I was just saying about that. Yeah, that was. I won. I would be at least the marketing, the marketing department stepped up big time in the Hazel era. The team just sucked ass on the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really good doing it, though. Oh, yes. Well, you're supposed to look good, feel good, play good. They might have looked you know, good, felt good, but they didn't play good. That was just what Hazel was building towards. Just needed five years to rebrand. We're going we're gonna to look like Oregon with our uniforms. And then, like, maybe in, like, 2020, he would have gotten the players and would have turned it around. I don't know. Brick by brick, we're building in the furnace. Oh, <laughs> well, and what what was that pregame rally thing he used to do? Uh, Ten twelve. Yeah, like turn up the heat. It was like turn the boiling it, boiling wait, point. Yeah, two, it was two twelve. Yeah, two twelve. No. That's the boiling point of water, I believe. Let's turn up, up, turn up the heat in the furnace. All right, let's just stop talking about that guy ever again. Yeah, I took chemistry. Yeah, it's two two twelve. Because they made shirts for it, and they're stupid. I never went to it. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think more than like the families went to it. I think so. the first one people went to, and then the Prague on the field. Did it? Did it last like three days? Like yeah, three we games? Beat, we beat Indiana State by three with, or four. With, the, with an interception, it was like a minute into the yeah. game. But uh, who, who anyway. do you guys pick? Who do you <laughs> Bring it back, Tanner. Uh, I'm picking Purdue. Obviously, uh, I'm gonna go. 24-21. If Sindelar plays, I see a shootout. I don't see – I think uh, I think Purdue's going to have – I think Sindelar is going to have a big game in the air. I think it's going to be Purdue like 42-38. Wow. I see, I see Minnesota running – getting loose in the second half a little bit more and Purdue kind of struggling. They're going to have some big runs, and I think Sindelar is going to throw the ball all over the place and keep Purdue in it and eventually hang on. I'm going uh, Purdue 28, Minnesota 17. Whoa. Uh, I think Purdue gets up early and takes 
Minnesota's run game away, making them have to pass getting up early. And uh, Purdue, Purdue forces multi, uh, I'm going Purdue forces three turnovers. Yeah. Big time. What are they? Fumbles, oh, interceptions. What are you gonna do? Uh, we're gonna have. I'm gonna throw out a, fre- a freshman interception by Jalen Graham. Second like Sam Tan. I like that. Pick. And we're gonna have a strip sack by cool, Derek Barnes. Yeah. Derek Barnes gets strip sack. I don't know who's gonna recover. It's just gonna be a pile up. We're not gonna George. George is gonna get it. And then, hmm. and then we're gonna have oh what 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 else do I want here? Minnesota's gonna muff a punt. I like that. I like that. We're we're due for a muff muff punt recovery. I like it. Yep. There we go. Mark it down. Book it. <laughs> so, you guys want to pick a couple top twenty five games before we move on to our last Absolutely. topic? Absolutely. Let's do it. We won't go over too many, but I got a couple here. Interesting Friday night game. Pac-12 after dark. Crazy things happen. In the <laughs> Crazy things happen. No sleep oh, on man. it. Literally, don't sleep on it. Uh, Arizona State travels to number 15, the only undefeated team in the Pac-12 left, 4-0, Cal Golden Bears. I know less than zero about either team, besides the fact that Herm Edwards coaches for Arizona State. And, and for that reason, State. I'm yeah. picking them for Herm. Yeah, I like Herm. Coming off a big uh, – who did they lose to? No. Arizona State lost to Colorado last week. Yes, okay. But they, they beat, oh, my gosh. They beat Michigan State 10-7. to 7. What a boy yeah. that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Michigan State made the field goal, got called for a penalty yeah. for too many people mm-hmm. on the field, had a re-kick of the guy shanked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, I man. Uh, yeah. Actually, Arizona State should have been called for leaping on that second attempt, but the refs didn't mm-hmm. catch it. So I'm taking Arizona State over Cal because, in Mike Leach's words, a Sun Devil could beat a bear. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody uh, didn't remember that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got uh, number 23 ranked Texas A&M is a 23-point favorite on the road at Arkansas. Arkansas just lost to, like, I got to check who they lost to. It was terrible. Uh, San Jose. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Chad Morris era is not going good at Arkansas. It's really bad. Going with the Aggies then. Yeah. But, but actually, this game's not at Arkansas, even though it says it is. Is that Jerry oh, Morris? Dallas, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jerry Jones, yeah. Arkansas grad. So I'll take A&M, but they don't cover the 23-point spread. Texas Tech at number six, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a 27-point favorite. Not sure how they're ranked sixth because I think they're one of the top four teams in the nation. Who's ahead of them besides Alabama and Clemson? Georgia. Ohio State's five. Georgia and – Ohio State. Is that – oh, yeah. There's your four. You got Alabama, Clemson, and one more. Yeah, we're still missing somebody. Must be on by. I don't see him on here. Uh, uh, Georgia's ranked three. We are doing really well this week. Who's, who's ranked four? Okay, I got it right here. We got Clemson one, Alabama two, Georgia three, LSU four. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. Go Burrow, LSU. Yeah. Not going to forget. They're freaking good. Yeah, they're good. Um, yeah, Oklahoma, large. Yeah, I think they covered this 27 points spread against Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
Got number one Clemson at North Carolina. Clemson's a 27-point favorite. Oh North, North Carolina lost at home to Appalachian State last week. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence doesn't play the second half. <laughs> That's, honestly, Andrew, I don't think he's really played much in the second half. That's why right now he's not going to Heisman because he's, no. not, he's not playing enough. <laughs> you think that might hurt him? Like later down the road, like where not for the Heisman, just like just in general as playing, like when it gets. Is there anybody in the ACC that can even challenge them? I'm trying to think of anybody. So let's see. They've got Florida at North Carolina this week. Florida State at Louisville. Boston College. Wofford. What? (laughs) They don't leave their state till like November. (laughs) Um, NC State, Wake Forest, South Carolina. There's nobody. Nobody. And then no. there's nobody on the other side either. Like they're gonna just walk to the playoff. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Yeah, they cover easily. Oh yeah, they, they're gonna kill Mac Brown in North Carolina. It's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. I forget he's their coach. I always forget. <laughs> yep. Interesting top twenty-five matchup here. This probably could have been game day, but they just covered a Notre Dame away game last week. At number 18, Virginia, who's 4-0, at number 10, Notre Dame. This line keeps moving up. Notre Dame's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite now. Opened up at yeah, 11. they're getting a lot of love from that Georgia game. I mean, everybody – would have thought by yeah. the Twitter action they won the game. <laughs> <laughs> they played well. Don't get me wrong. They did. I mean, they, it was a lot closer than I thought. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when I saw the start of the game wow. and the, elect, the atmosphere, I said Georgia by 35. But – didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Notre Dame had the ball going down, I mean, yeah. Um, I think Notre Dame wins. I don't think they cover, though. What did you say the spread was? You said it was about 12? 12, 12 and a half. I know nothing about Virginia. They almost lost Virginia. last week to Old Dominion, but Old, Old Dominion, won some Old games Dominion beat Virginia Tech last year. They're good yeah. against those in state Virginia teams. So, um, I'm picking Notre Dame to win. I think they win by two touchdowns. So I think, think they're, they're gonna, yeah, they'll cover. They're gonna be con- I mean, pissed oh. off, but confident at the same time from last week. And I mean, and you look at Notre Dame's schedule, and not not only are they gonna be pissed off, but inconfident. You look at their schedule. They got Virginia at home. Then their next toughest home games USC at home, which USC is just up and down right now. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, their toughest road game remains at Michigan. Mm-hmm. They could they could run the table and be in a contra a controversial situation to try to get back in the playoff. Yeah, I don't know. I think their doors blown off again. Yep. Uh, I'm taking Notre Dame, but I'm not. I don't think they cover. Mm-hmm. So, um, I want to predict this game just because I laughed in my head at the point spread of this game. Ole Miss is at number two. Alabama. Alabama is a 37 point favorite. I guess Ole Miss, a historically pretty good program. <laughs> Hmm. Tua already has 17 touchdown passes. I think, I think Alabama wins, but they don't cover because they yeah, got caught up the dogs and went by like 34 or 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they win, don't cover. Yeah, that's is such it a in Tuscaloosa or is it in? Oh, it's not Alabama. Okay. That is such a big number. Uh, we got uh, three oh, more Ohio State had no problem last week. Good Lord. No, they didn't. <laughs> three more games we'll cover here before we get into our final topic. Uh, this Probably should have been game day, in my opinion. Number 21, USC at number 17, Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington's a 10-point uh, favorite. Hmm. I don't know why it wasn't game day. I wonder if it's because the West Coast 
time. Usually this game started at eight o'clock, which would have been a five o'clock start there. I don't know. Three thirty game, okay. which is a twelve thirty start there. Time. I'm gonna go with the Huskies. What was the spread? Ten. I think they win by seven. I can't. I can't figure this USC team out. Yeah, keep winning with backups, and it's pretty impressive. (laughs) But I think Washington's the better team. I like them at home, and I think they cover. I think USC pulls off the upset. I mean, they're rolling off that number ten, winning against number ten Utah. Tanner's Utes. (sighs) Yeah, they hurt me. Tanner's Utes. No, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with roll with USC. I think you picked USC last week. In the I upset, did. I think I did as well. After all your love, Tanner, I was just like, nope, gotta go different. Somebody gotta go against it. Um, number 24, Kansas State. I didn't realize till yesterday they were ranked, they're undefeated at Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State's five point favorite coming off a loss to Texas, which was their first loss at Texas in their last five trips at Texas. Wow. wow. Mm. Got to go with Mike Gundy. Oh, you got to. It's it's like, oh man, yeah. That was just the uh, anniversary of that was like on Sunday. Yeah, it was a twelfth year anniversary, I believe. So he's a man. He's fifty two now. <laughs> I'm going with the Cowboys, and they cover the five and a half point spread. I'm with Tan. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they win by two scores. And lastly, this is a Pac-12 after dark game. You want to stay up for this one? Mike Leach and his unranked Washington State. Don't know who they're now. playing. Mike Leach, they win. No, yeah. no, they're playing. <laughs> they were only up. They were only up like forty-five, seventeen, with six minutes left in the third the other night. Oh months. my gosh! Yeah, Our quarterback threw yeah. for nine touchdowns. <laughs> nine. But also had how many turnovers? Oh, it was unbelievable. Like somebody, somebody, somebody yeah. shared in our group text of the yeah. wind chart was just like all over the place. <laughs> like, the, uh, like the drive chart, it was like. Touchdown, touchdown, fumble, interception, touchdown, fumble, touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, – Who do they play? I didn't hear I didn't they, they play at number 19, Utah, who's coming off a loss Ooh. to USC. And uh, my app froze, so I cannot – I don't know what the spread on the game is. I got it, Tan. Uh, I think it was like seven. Utah, by, Utah minus five. I gotta go with the Utes, but nope, I don't Mike think Leach. I don't think they cover. So I think it's gonna be a great game. Mike Leach and the boys. Uh, <laughs> I, I love I love Mike Leach as well. Oh, I do. He's a great Washington State. Guy. I'm gonna go Washington State. Yeah, I got some Purdue ties with Joe Tiller way back in the day. I know there were talks of like people. I, I don't know if the, I know those were just all Purdue fans with Brom going like Louisville rumors last year. It was like go get Mike Leach. <laughs> they would have had to pay him a bring, lot of money. Yeah, He's bring the air raid. Comfortable there. Not that I mean, I think Purdue yeah. could have paid more than Washington State. Yeah, but he's pretty comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. How old is he? He's getting up there. Uh, he's been, I feel like he's been around a while. Because, you know, I was surprised he got another job as quickly as he did after the how he got fired at Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Yeah. That, whole, uh, that was what, yeah. Great kid in the closet when he had a concussion and all that. Yeah, he is 58 years old. I would have guessed older. So yeah, he's, he's also a professor in college. He is. Can we call? Can we call him a professor? He teaches a class in the spring. What does he teach? 
Is it like her higher teaching? Like, no, it's a it's a legit class. They had so many people interested in it. Um, I would I would love to take a Mike Leach talk class. It is. You can read the phone uh, book and be entertaining. It's a five class. It was a five class seminar in the spring. It was insurgent warfare and football strategies. Oh my god, that is amazing. And they had literally, he didn't know how many people would be interested. And they had like thousands interested in it. So <laughs> around the campus. So they had a feature on Allen Game Day a few weeks ago. It was pretty interesting. Huh. So, it was, he took it seriously. It was pretty cool. So Wait, I just Googled it. He's got a former state senator who works as a, who worked in the United States embassies in Baghdad during the Iraq war who teaches it with him. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's like a legitimate like insurgent warfare and football. Like it's legitimate, like not just Mike Leach talking about football. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So all right, that'll do it for our picks, but we're not done with this episode of the Boiler Breakdown yet. We got some basketball recruiting news and maybe just some basketball talk to go. I let our uh, basketball recruiting guru Evan Webb take this over. Guru just because I just read what everyone else writes about. Um that's basically what it is. Uh, so I think last week when we talked, we were down. I think we had just – Ben Carlson had just committed to Wisconsin, so it was a two-man race. Well, I guess you'd call – I don't know if you'd call it a race. I guess first one to commit. Um, that is now down to one as Sunday night – I think it was, Tanner, you texted us about it. I think it was Sunday night when Ryan Kalkbrenner, the seven-foot uh, beanpole uh, from St. Louis <laughs> – uh, committed to Creighton over what was assumed to be Purdue and Stanford as the uh, other two favorites. Um, uh, I got one question real quick because yeah. Andrew, for everybody who doesn't know, he likes Purdue, but he also likes Butler. He graduated from Butler, played golf at Butler, so he follows Big East basketball pretty closely. Andrew, what? I mean, what? How is Creighton's program right now? What would be so appealing about Creighton for him? Uh, I mean. I guess what we were talking about before, uh, he probably has a more clear shot to playing time. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe he likes Greg McDermott. Uh, yeah. I think it's cool. I, I, yeah. mean, I don't know. It definitely, and I hate, I don't know why I get so caught up in when recruits say this, but, you know, the whole, and it could just be other people, what other people are saying kind of blows that proportion, but it sounded like he, I mean, he's a very smart kid. He's a 4.0 student. Um, who seemed very, very interested in engineering and of the three schools that he was looking at his final three was Stanford, Creighton and Purdue. Only two of them had engineering. The one that didn't was Creighton. So obviously that really didn't matter in the end. Um, I mean, it is a, it's a Catholic school if I'm not mistaken. He goes to Catholic school now. So maybe that played important a role to it. Um, From what I've read from many people, it's not like he's a pretty quiet kid. So maybe the smaller campus, you know, maybe he's just he just likes the smaller campus feel to mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, is it, it stings? Um, but I think just because we still have our pretty clear cut pro- top priority in terms of the twenty last one of the twenty twenty class hundred tickets and still out there. Now that picture from when it sounded like it, I was feeling pretty confident two days ago, but now I'm not feeling so confident. Now I know he finished a an official visit at Florida state this past weekend. That was his last official visit that he had scheduled. He still has a couple slots available, but he 
had told people that he wasn't going to make a return trip to any school that he already officially visited during his junior year, which included Purdue and that, and I think even Louisville and Notre Dame. I know that those definitely Purdue and Notre Dame. So it sounded like, okay, a decision would be coming soon. Um, one of his other top finalists in terms of the top seven was North Carolina. They got a commitment from a five-star uh, seven-footer over the weekend, so that pretty much ruled them out. Um, plus, I don't think his style of play really fits them like it would at a, a Purdue. Um, but now it sounds like he's going to be it's going to be a longer decision-making process than people were hoping for, especially Purdue fans. Um, it sounds like he might be making a return trip to Louisville uh, for an unofficial. I've heard, I've seen people say both official and unofficial. Uh, they have a, I think it might be this weekend. They have a an, an event called Louisville Live or something like that. It's, I mean, like the usually the, the kickoff that a lot of colleges will do that Purdue doesn't do, and I'm okay with that. Um, kind of their kickoff to the start of the practice season. So maybe Purdue gets a turn official um i know i've i saw some quotes from where he wanted to see like one of the reasons he wanted to go back to louisville is he wants to see a game there if that's the case so is he going to wait until basketball season if that's the case is he going to make a return trip to Mackey because he hasn't seen a basketball game at Mackey before at least at least not i'm aware of so this could be a a long process and far from over like people were hoping would be done within the next week or so and i mean it's it thinking about it it's probably not the end of the world if we don't land uh, one of the last three guys that we're looking at. I mean, it sucks because we know, especially with Dickinson, Painters put in so much time with him over the years. Um, it seems like it was, it, and then we see it a lot with all these guys that were Purdue Painters teams have put in a lot of time, recognizes them early on, and Jared then the choose Jackson Jr. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Malik Hall, Brendan Thompson. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we can list goes on. Oh, around. All three of them went to Michigan State. Xavier uh, Tillman, Tyler Zeller. Yeah, uh, yeah, we could talk about that a whole different podcast. Um, but you know, if we don't get in, we still have three big guys. We got assuming that where it will hurt if we don't get them is if someone decides to leave, whether it be for the NBA or other reasons. Um, because if he doesn't, or if he if we, we do return everybody, we'll still have a senior Matt Harms, a junior Trayvon Williams, a sophomore Manuel Duona. So it's kind of a log jam at that five, and now you could maybe slide one of those guys down to the four, depending on you know how they develop. I think Trayvon probably be the, the first one to move down to the four, um, if need be. But it'd be nice to get that big, you know, big name, big splash of a top forty recruit, kind of show the other top guys that hey, this is something that people should seriously look at because we're, I mean, especially in class of twenty twenty one, we've got some super high profile guys already interested in that mm-hmm. want to come visit, but. You know, yeah, we got Biggie a few years ago, but that's, I mean, that's, a, you know, distant memory for a lot of these kids. And I mean, they were, you know, early high school and maybe not even middle school when he committed. So it's, I'd like to get that big name uh, just for that sake of future classes. Got to capitalize what the, why the momentum's hot and why mm-hmm. Purdue's a really cool name out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely coming off of Carson Edwards and the Elite Eight run. I mean, definitely Purdue's kind of got got some good publicity and kind of coolness, I guess, they haven't had in a while or ever really under Painter. Um, it infuriates me because <clears throat> if he does, it sounds like he really likes Louisville. I know he likes Michigan. 
I mean, it's hard not to like Michigan with Juwan Howard coming back and being the NBA, you know, being an NBA coach for the last handful of seasons. So he's got that. He knows what it takes to make it to the NBA, but also just has those connections. But I mean, we don't know what he, he hasn't proven anything. So it's hard to, like, I know there was a list that came out uh, where people ranked, I think like top 25 coaches or something. It was, I can't remember what it was, but they like top 25 coaches and Juwan Howard was listed as one of them. It's like, are you kidding me? Like you can't even list him when he hasn't even coached a game yet. Um, it sounds like he really likes Louisville, but the only school that really seems to make sense the most, and it could just be biased, but the only school that out of his final schools that have proven to have a system in place for big men is Purdue. And we'll see though. And uh, basketball practice officially starts tomorrow. Oh, boy. The guys have been working hard. They had the nail seals training going on over the weekend, which was really cool. I thought Purdue's yeah. social media team did a really good job capturing that. That was really neat. Did that a few that, years ago, too. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. That we, that video they put out looked awesome and looked miserable. Oh, it looked terrible. <laughs> oh, man. I think they carried that log all across campus and – for like three days straight, doing the push-ups yeah. and sit-ups in the fountain—that would hurt. Uh, that what? fountain would hurt doing push-ups yeah. and sit-ups, man. Yeah, the, the bearing. You never did that, Tanner. You never got off on like a Sunday morning and went for <laughs> the push-ups and sit-ups in the. I ran through it once, but I never. I ran through it like my first week at Purdue, but I never. <laughs> no, not that I remember, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's cool because. Sorry, go ahead, Tan. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I, say, I mean, there's definitely uh, Purdue's definitely starting to get some respect now in terms of, um, you know, we saw after we lost Biggie, oh, how, how are they going to do? Because they lost, you know, an All-American, but then, you know, we had an even better season, most wins ever. Then we lost the four seniors. It was how are we going to, how's Purdue going to replace those guys? And then we made even farther, ever, farther tournament than we have in the last almost two decades. And uh, so they're, now they're starting to see that, you know, I mean, the John Ross sign. Oh, he says on Twitter, but Painter's the new Bo Ryan, and starting to get some respect. I think I think I saw Andy Katz had us as like a, I think a three seed in his latest way too early, uh, uh, predictions. Nice. Um, yeah, so he, it, he, uh, yeah, Andy listed to go. You, you can go ahead and finish your thought, but Andy listed the top eight Big Ten uh, teams, and I'll, I'll list those here in a second. So, um, but yeah, it's just nice to see you know us getting the respect that we've felt like we've deserved over the last um, handful of years. And I mean, it's, it, it, we prove it too. I mean, it, there was a reason so many people wanted painter fired because he couldn't get past sweet 16. Well, now we've done it and I'm really excited. I mean, I'm always excited for basketball, but I think this is, I feel like I've said this the last like three or four years, but I think it's going to be our most athletic team we've ever had under painter. I mean, I think like next year is going to be more athletic because we're going to lose mm-hmm. some like Evan Boudreaux, which um, which I like. I think I, I think I'm excited to see what he can do this year and a more hopefully, you know, he's been there a year now and can kind of find a, a niche for him. Um, but it's you know they announced I think today or yesterday that uh, Matt Harms and Nojel Eastern are going to be the our representative at Big Ten Media Day. I'm really excited to see what both those guys can do. Um, mm-hmm. They're both going to be the leaders, junior leaders. If Nogel has developed a jump shot, that's going to do wonders for our offense. Um, I'm excited to see what the expanded roles that Wheeler and Sasha get into. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for Wheeler. He's been – I've been excited for him since his redshirt year. So, I think he's going to be my player to watch this year on the team. 
I'm excited to see Mason Gillis. I mean, I know he's been from high school, but just like in that video and just some pictures that they posted from workouts, he looks huge. Yeah. Like his, I, he just looks like a college, like he doesn't look like an 18 year old kid. I mean, I think he just spent his whole rehab process just lifting. <laughs> yeah. His shoulders, his chest. He just, I, I mean, I know some people are commenting like, oh, he looks six, seven or six, eight. Cause he looks, who cares? I mean, he looks shorter than no gel in some of these pictures, but yeah. well, maybe he's like six, five, but I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he looks, and plus I think it sounds like in some of the workouts in the summer, he's looked really good. Mm-hmm. From what I've been reading, it sounds like Isaiah Thompson's been someone who's really impressed people, which I was kind of expecting him to not necessarily redshirt, but definitely be kind of low man on totem pole because you got no gel and um, Sasha. Sasha, um, Don't forget about Proctor. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about Proctor. He'll probably start. Probably. Mm -hmm. What are are your guys' way too early starting lineups? I was trying to think about this yesterday and I couldn't even come up yeah. with that. But uh, yeah. I think Proctor starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm going to mess up the positions. Uh, no gel starts, harm starts. Uh, Who's the four? Wheeler? Uh, I'm going back forth with Wheeler and Williams. I'll say Wheeler and does Sasha start? That's what people are. Saying or like oh. reading, that people think Sasha might maybe Newman. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I I can see Sasha starting and then Newman yeah. maybe taking his place. I mean, we got to remember Patrick Beatty started one year for a little <laughs> while <laughs> with uh, Robbie Hummel and some of those guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Travel Carroll in there too. He start. He started a majority of his four year career. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Uh. I think the same as you, Tan. I have a uh, no gel at the starting point guard, Proctor at the two, um, Sasha at the three, or maybe maybe switch Proctor. I can't remember how big Proctor is. Um, Wheeler at the four, and then Harms at the five. And honestly, I'm also excited to see how Dewona. I mean, I feel like he's still a work in progress. And yeah, um, he might but, not play much. Yeah. But I think I think Harms and Williams are going to have kind of like what we saw. I think they're going to kind of tag team at five and get pretty much all the minutes at the five. I think they're both going to have really good years. Um, and really, if, if Brujo can be a contributor, that could be huge for Purdue. Mm-hmm. Really good. Um, I'm, I'm excited for Williams. I mean, everything, it sounds like he's working very hard. I mean, he's in better shape. I know Painter still talks about getting him down, but I don't think they're going to be to a point that he can play the four or five with Harms. I mean, I know Harms moves very well. So if anything, he'd be the one with the four, I think, but. It'll be yeah. fun to watch. I could. Yeah. I mean, it'd be fun. I mean, have two, have those two out there, especially. If, I mean, Travion does like to shoot a little bit. If he's got a little yeah. bit outside, inside, I, out and open up a little bit, he's pretty. He's very skilled. So. And I, I've been saying for a while, if Matt Harms could get a consistent jumper, I think if he gets a consistent jumper, I think this is his last year at Purdue. I think he's gone after this year because he's already twenty-two years old. Yeah, and so. if that happens, if that happens, and then Purdue's gonna have a very good year. Yeah. Then, that, yeah. I'd be, then I'd be okay with that because that means Purdue is going to be pretty good, I think, mm-hmm. if Arms is to a point where he's leaving early after. I agree. Here's uh, Andy Katz' top eight Big Ten teams. He lists two as deep run potential from the Big Ten. That's Michigan State one, Maryland two. Even with Maryland's loss of Bruno Fernando, they're still a top ten ranked team. So he's got Michigan State and Maryland as the two teams that can make a Deep run uh, that has the deep run potential. Then he lists uh, 
uh, six other teams here that are March Madness bound. He has Purdue three. Uh, I can take that. Yeah. Illinois four. A little surprised by that. I thought they'd be in there, but I was surprised he had them up that high. But they return pretty much everybody, and they get a solid freshman big man coming in, uh, Kofi Cockburn. Uh, yeah, he's not going to get heckled anywhere um, <laughs> with that name. Uh, he's got Ohio State at number five. Maybe I thought Ohio State would be three or four. Um, I think Holtman's got a really good class that came in there, and they yeah. got um, uh, C.J. Walker is eligible yep. now for them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're going to be pretty good. Number six, he's got Wisconsin. I don't know about that. I'm not a huge great guard guy. Yeah, I'm not a believer in great guard anymore. Um, number seven, he's got Michigan. Well, I just don't know about Jawan Howard yet. They lost a few guys to the NBA. Um, and then number eight, he's got Penn State. So, and they got Stevens back. So there's your top eight. No Indiana in the top eight. Oh, I hate to see it. <laughs> so uh, it should be fun. Should be fun. The days are getting closer to a basketball season. Soon we'll be a podcast where we talk basketball and football. I guess we did on this one, but I mean, uh, actual games, <laughs> basketball and football games, I guess. So. Uh, any closing thoughts about anything? Let's get that W on Saturday. No kidding. It's, uh, feels yeah, like it's been a long time. Yeah, I think we need, we're, we're doing some payback for PJ Fleck in Minnesota last year. I think this would be a good one to start a little run. I think uh, Brown's been reminding him of that game all the last few weeks. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I hope he's been playing the film every single day. And uh, uh, yeah, I think and, so. you know that was embarrassing. And you know we had a horrible home performance two weeks ago. This is—I hate to say it—this is a must-win for Purdue. If Purdue wants to make a bowl, they have to win this game. I oh, think. absolutely. They yeah. can't afford to start one and three on the nope. season. So. But uh, hey, let's uh, boil it up. Hammer down. What? No, no, no. Sorry, no, no. no. I was gonna say Big Ten West has not looked. Uh, you got Wisconsin as the outlier, then then yeah. I was pretty good. But besides that, yeah. it's pretty open. But uh, you got to start somewhere. You got to get wins. Yeah. You got to get confidence building. So uh, let's hope some of the guys are healthy. They're ready to roll. And let's uh, boil it up, hammer down, and beat the Golden Gophers. Boil it up. Tanner Lee here of the Boiler Breakdown podcast. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a follow on social media. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Boiler Break Pod, and follow us on Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. And make sure to listen and subscribe to the Boiler Breakdown on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, boiler up, hammer down.